0: You're listening to episode 84, the Mazar's Women of Water event mashup. This episode is brought to you by Rogue Water Lab.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Tobin Redwine, Instructional Assistant Professor in the Department of Agricultural Leadership, Education and Communications at Texas A&M University. This is the podcast that's demonstrating the power of storytelling in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Arianne Shipley.
2: We are proud to announce our new nonprofit venture, Rogue Water Lab. A tribe, an experience, a calling, a hub where you can learn, connect, and grow. The Lab is cultivating the next generation of innovators in water communication and education.
0: Why? Because progress is a human story. And those who tell
2: the stories rule the world. So the question now belongs to you. Are you ready to join the revolution? So we were super excited to start 2020 by heading to D.C. on January 9th for the Mazar's Women of Water event. It was pretty cool. Uh, It was the inaugural year, actually. And so we got to not only sit down with several of the panelists, but also got we went we went rogue and, and hit the networking floor afterwards and got to get some commentary from the wild, but it was great talking to uh, Pat Sinecrappy, who's the executive director at the Water Reuse Association. Deborah Coy, partner with XPV Partners. Yeah, she came in hot on finance and mm-hmm. water, so it was super fun. Uh, Chat Yes. Uh, we also spoke with Wendy Stevens, who's actually a partner at Mazar's, and she spoke on a panel about diversity inclusion, and so we had a really great talk with her about uh, the importance of that in our organizations. Kendra
0: Moore, Director of Business Development at Suez North America.
2: Yeah, she was our first victim on the floor, followed by <laughs> William Sempst, who's the executive director at EJ Water Trust. We had to get that male perspective in there as well <laughs> on the event because there were there were several guys in the audience. Mm.
0: And always lovely Wendy Wilkes. Hey! Policy, yeah, hey, all right. Policy analysis at the Association of State Drinking Water Administrators. I've never actually said it out loud like no, that. It's yeah. just called ASWA. As- yeah. <laughs> so now.
2: I know why they just go by Azure. Uh, we also got to speak to Jean Jensen. I know a lot of you probably know who she is. She's kind of water famous. I think she's the Wonder Woman of water. Uh, Batman. I think that Bat was the woman? costume that yeah. she Batwoman that she wore a costume I'll one never time or a cape.
0: See her without a cape.
2: Yeah, yeah. She's a project supervisor for CIP at the town of Gilbert, which I have never been Hashtag to. I but she makes me want to move yeah. there. I want to retire there now. Yeah. And then of course we ended our convo on the networking floor with the one and only Megan U. Schneider, who is president and founder of Seven Management Consulting, Inc. She is always a pleasure to talk to you. So.
0: And an amazing laugh.
2: Oh, yeah. Contagious. Love it. So if you're having a bad day, make sure you wait to hear her part, and you will definitely be smiling at the end of that. Yes. So. I um, had a super great time. It was, uh, it was a really fun event. It was fun to see everyone there, and it was great to hear the amazing women who uh, were on the panels and also all of the great Women of Water Award winnies. It was, it was a great event. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the show. We are incredibly excited to be here with Pat Sinacropi, who is with the Water Reuse Association. And um, I'm excited to hear your panel later this afternoon. But we've all been in the same room together enjoying the Women of Water Summit. And so we're excited to be here with you today. So thank you for joining us.
3: Sure. Thanks for inviting me.
2: Uh, Yeah, so just we've spent the past couple hours now um, hearing from everything from Carla Reed with WSSC who kicked us off this morning to talking about cybersecurity to strategy and innovation. So we've been we've run the gamut already, Already. and it's only this morning. (laughs) So what are some of your favorite takeaways so far that you've heard this morning?
3: Well, I I love uh, first of all thank you for inviting me to uh, uh, share with you this morning on the on this web, webcast and uh, and podcast and I was really excited to learn about the event and then to be invited to participate in the event and mm-hmm. when I saw Carla. Uh, on the program as the keynote speaker oh, yeah. to kick things off, I know it was exactly the right. right. You're not going to say no. <laughs> no, no. I don't know if yeah. anyone says no. to call no. Yeah, like
2: oh, that's who's opening the
3: show. I'll yeah. be there. Yeah, yes. yeah. She's um, dynamic. She's fun. Um, she doesn't mind getting out of her comfort zone and, and demonstrating. I mean, she danced onto the stage. Yeah, she did. Uh, <laughs> demonstrating that you can be, you can have a little sassiness in mm-hmm. the presentations on stage. And I think it brings, you know, that sort of fresh, um, new, mm-hmm. uh, different perspective that often you find with women leaders right. um, that are breaking um, breaking. Barriers breaking, glass ceilings um, mm-hmm. breaking, sort of the uh, traditional uh, idea of what a leader, how a leader should act uh, in in our field. Yeah, uh, the water field is full of uh, engineers, scientists, mm-hmm. uh, men uh, <laughs> who who uh, traditionally bring a a more you know staid. Um, Low key, buttoned uh, up, buttoned up um, safe, safe mm-hmm. uh, approach, <laughs> attitude toward uh, toward their their presence, their participation in meetings, mm-hmm. um, and you know, women coming into the field um, bring a different different kind of flavor. And Carla represents that in yes. yeah. I
0: love that she today demonstrated, you know, giving us permission to be bold yeah. and to own it and to also take care of ourselves. Yes. Right. So that yeah. was really
3: important. Right. And what I really liked about her talk, I I just love that she came up with a great acronym CPR yes.
2: she is the queen of acronyms <laughs> she she's is. taught us so many In uh, yes. just the we've only known her for about a year now and even then I think she's taught us at least a handful already yeah, so because
0: of her we no longer do SWOT analysis no. we do SOAR analysis yes. Yes. I'm like that's everything her, about that great. is way more positive yeah it's results driven and focused. I'm like thank you Carla
2: Yeah, so I loved that the acronym that Carla dropped this morning for all our, for all our listeners was CPR and that you have to, uh, where there's CPR that everyone knows as the life saving CPR that others do for you, that we have to do the life changing CPR for ourselves. And that is, um, confidence, persistence, and resilience. And so, kind of along that theme, tell us a little bit about your story, and you don't have you don't have to do all three C, C P and R, <laughs> but like where that really resonated with you as you were listening to it this morning.
3: Well, you know, we all come to the water field from very different mm-hmm. uh, different walks of life, mm-hmm. and I came to the water field from uh, a policy perspective, steeped in community development. Oh. And I was, I, early in my career, I actually did housing, um, and community development in, uh, in a rural community in Maine. And when I came to DC, I was very interested in, um, community development policy Mm -hmm. issues, was fortunate to work for the Clinton administration, um, on a council, President's Council on Sustainable Development, Mm -hmm. and I carried that forward after I left the administration and the policy work I did um, afterward. And I represented small communities, uh, nice. the rural community assistance programs. That's awesome. Thank I got you. Know, yes, thank you. Yeah. I got to know uh, the struggles that smaller communities are facing uh, with respect to their water infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And I just became fascinated by that whole the whole world of... Um, how do how are we bringing how are we providing uh, good quality clean water to our communities? Yeah, and from there, you know, everyone says once you get the water bug, you it stays with you, mm-hmm. and it and it yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And it's contagious, yeah, <laughs> and that and that really started my journey. I, I moved from um, lobbying for the rural community assistance programs to uh, working with the Water Environment Federation, um, and then with the National Association of Clean Water Agencies as yeah, their yes. yeah as their main lobbyist and. You know they say once you get water in your system it's hard to it's hard to walk away once you get sewage in your system, mm. it's really hard to yes. walk away. <laughs> I love that yes. yes yes it's true that is so true uh, well, all of
2: lobbying advocacy policy all of those things are require so much communication with community and with stakeholders. And so um, being a podcast and a duo that are passionate about those very things mm-hmm. in this industry, what's your take on that and how and how we're succeeding in the, the opportunities and the challenges that we're facing related to communicating and doing that outreach with the people that we're trying to serve?
3: I think we're getting better at it. You know, I think some of um, some communities, a lot of the utilities are becoming better at it because they've had to mm-hmm. really step up their game in communications. It's mm-hmm. becoming so much more uh, uh, expensive yeah. um, to provide the services that sure. we need to provide. Um, that com- utilities, water managers have to get out in front of their customers all the time, explaining. Sure. Why they're getting the bills and why they're being asked to invest in in a in a service that everyone used to just take for granted, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we're becoming more effective communicators. But in my field, of course, water recycling, you know, it takes a little bit more effort yeah. to explain what it is, uh, why it is, mm-hmm. um, whether what it it's is. safe, <laughs> um, and so. We we have uh, a little ways to go, but um, I think I think people are now becoming beginning to understand the value of of communications much more, and becoming a lot more uh, becoming more innovative around it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Have you seen any differences in your experience in terms of the big cities that are communicating versus the communication efforts you see happening in the rural communities that you've worked with?
3: Well, um, yes, um, I think the big, you know, the big cities have more resources Enjoy. to um, do things like uh, water fairs and um, uh, engage their, uh, their local schools, right. um, universities in, uh, in, in what they do. And yeah. talking mm-hmm. about why water is so important, what the infrastructure provides. Smaller communities, it's more difficult. Um typically from a small community perspective, um it's why aren't we providing uh, the the struggles the small communities have in providing a good quality product to their to their right. ratepayers? Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's a that's a hard vantage point to um that's a hard door to walk through yeah. right. uh, sure. in communications because you're sort of always up against skepticism that sure. the community utility is doing what they need to do to provide mm-hmm. safe water.
2: Yeah, and even in communication, in those situations we suffer with the same kind of economies of scale idea because everyone is spread out. And so to your point, if they did have a water fair, when everyone is so spread out, I mean, how are, are, you, how are you going to make sure that people actually show up and attend if, if everyone is that way? So yeah, that's interesting. Um, going back to the question of your journey, uh, were there any special women along the way who inspired you, or who encouraged you, or helped build that confidence to keep like, to keep on going to get to where you are now?
3: There were there were several. Yes. I mean, several in the room today. Mm. You know, uh, Carla, yes. um, Karen Palange from mm-hmm. Alex Renew, um, Cindy Wallace lage from Black and Beach. You know, these are women who um, who who. Got to the top of their fields, and um, you as a woman, we those role models, Yeah. seeing those role, mo- role models and seeing, well, you know, she doesn't look like the typical right. button down, yeah. white collared mm-hmm. shirt um male, she's more like me, mm-hmm. and and that means maybe I can, I can do this, I can do this, mm-hmm. I can be a leader, um, just like her, and so that's been that those female role models are at one time I think they were fewer and further between but now they're becoming you know more prevalent just be like
0: me and find one and never let her go (laughs) 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 yeah that's a I'm beginning more and more to
2: understand how important that is of looking around a room and seeing other people like you and that empowers you and makes you feel that it really does. you have a place mm-hmm. in, in, in in the space, you have a place in the space um, so that's a great, that's a great <laughs> phrase I'm going to write that yeah. down, I have it recorded so I won't forget uh, <laughs> um, and so I guess that that kind of speaks to my last question is is that and or are there other reasons that come to your mind into why it's important to have events mm-hmm. like this that are women focused or women centric or women led
3: so important I mean, just, just seeing um, women experts in innovation and cybersecurity and a female utility CEO on stage um, giving the talk, mm-hmm. um, it just it provides inspiration sure. um, to every woman in the water, in the water field. So I think it's, I think it's terrific. Nice. Um, and I think it's great that Mazer has stepped up to the plate um, and, and agreed to, to do the inaugural Women in Water yeah, Summit. Yeah. And I know our various associations have been doing women networking events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my old association used to do it and mm-hmm. WEF would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but having a, a freestanding event dedicated to women in water, um, it, it, um, it's a great idea. I'm glad we're doing it. Um, and it'll help, I think, attract younger, younger professional women into the field. Yeah, that's absolutely. great. Well, I lied and said that was my last question, but you made me think of one more. Oh.
2: Yeah, going rogue. rogue. And um, that was related to, um, you know, Sid, seeing a female CEO on stage and women talking about strategy and innovation. So what can we expect to hear from you later on your panel? Yes.
3: Well, um, I think we'll talk about, uh, why water recycling is, uh, the next big thing. Mm, nice. And, and why it's, it's the, essential going to be the essential ingredient in everyone's water management portfolio i think Uh, i really believe that there's a lot of exciting things happening yes we'll be talking about it absolutely well we're definitely excited about that topic so we're
2: excited to hear about your panel as well so thank you for taking some moments during our our, your much deserved break to come in and and chat with us so i appreciate that thank you thank you very much Well, we are incredibly excited to be sitting here with Deborah Coy, who is a partner with XPV Partners. So thank you for taking some time out of yes, the day actually, um, during lunch, actually, to be, yeah. to labor of love with us over here to to chat with us. We're excited about that. And I'm also excited that we got to speak with you after your panel because we got a flavor Whoa. of Deborah, and she's bold, y'all. We mm-hmm. dig it. That's one of our core values, so we're super, we're into that. So I like core values. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so if you were following us on Twitter, you may have seen the retweet that we did where Deborah came in hot and made the statement that if women ran finance in the water sector, mm-hmm. be in much better shape. Yeah. So, and uh, I wrote that down and put bold with exclamation points. So, <laughs> yeah. thanks for coming in hot with that. Mm-hmm. That was great um we'll talk more about
0: that in a second yeah mm-hmm. we
2: will but I'm gonna let uh, so thank you thank, thank you for you. being here
0: in your panel it was stated that careers aren't always linear that there's not always a direct path um, so my question is you know something we ask a lot of people is did you choose water or did water
4: choose you water totally chose me Ooh. I think it does a lot of people water yeah. is uh Persistent that way, it, <laughs> is. So, yeah. it, it is. It is the commodity that you know can. It's the universal solvent, right? Yep. I mean, it works on people, I guess, as well as everything else. And water, a hundred percent, chose me. Uh, Wall Street chose me in the first place after I came out of English and journalism school. And from journalism I was, to Wall Street. From journalism to Wall Street, because I could do a little uh, editing and writing that a lot of my fellow financial analysts weren't particularly good at. And I was following, uh, I first started following the solid waste sector back when that was, that was pretty hot back in the whatever decade, I don't want to admit, but (laughs) (laughs) okay, it was the 80s that um, I was, uh, there was a lot of deals going on. I was following solid waste Mm -hmm. and Maggie Thatcher. Yeah, you guys are not too young to remember Maggie Thatcher, or right. at least you know who she is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she, I've never
2: heard her referred to as Maggie.
4: Yeah, um, Prime Minister Margaret yes. Thatcher. Yeah, her No, I like Maggie. <laughs> i like her. You know her. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know her. I was way too young, but uh, I admired her. Yeah. She, and uh, she was the Iron Lady for a reason. Mm-hmm. She, she unilaterally first regionalized and then privatized the entire UK water sector. Mm. And we could talk for hours about the all the fallout of that in different directions, sure. but one of the fallouts of it was that my colleagues at the time, I was working with the US office of a big British bank, the water companies privatized, they had a lot of capital, they decided to expand globally, and somebody called me up and said, we need you to figure out the U.S. water sector because our bankers want to do a whole bunch of stuff in water. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> let's figure it out. And so I did. I just figured it out. And that was a long time ago. And once I got in, there was uh, I kind of gave up the whole solid waste and hazardous waste and clean air stuff that I was mm-hmm. doing in my practice. And it wasn't long before water was full-time and nice. has been ever since. I ah, love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I loved, you shared a little bit, uh, another sentence of that story. Uh, Carla Reed, who opened us up with this whole idea of CPR, confidence, persistence, resilience. I almost said resistance. Nope. Resilience. <laughs> you got to have some of that too. You got to have yeah, a little bit yeah. of that too. Uh, you. I wrote something down that you said, because when you were initially approached, to kind of come into this world you said you want me to do this i'm an english major and i don't do spreadsheets or math or any of that so how for you coming into something that wasn't necessarily your strong suit how important did that idea of cpr come into play and have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome while doing that as well
4: wow that's a that's a probing <laughs> question <laughs> and a good one and a correct one um and I'll answer that in a couple of ways uh first, the first part of your question first, which is that my boss told me I could figure it out, and so I did mm-hmm. uh and I figured it out good enough mm-hmm. yeah and uh Carla also talked about playing to your strengths. Yes. And what I learned is that being a good Wall Street analyst doesn't necessarily mean that you're the best modeler, spreadsheet maker. Mm -hmm. Okay. It might mean that you're the best at analyzing companies and understanding their strategy. And so that's your strength. Not necessarily that you're the greatest modeler, but you have to have a financial model, so you do a financial model, and then you just kind of keep going. Mm -hmm. Mm The imposter syndrome thing is really interesting that you bring up because yes, many times I'm like I am a financial analyst and <laughs> I actually don't really know what this whatever accounting term means oh, or finance you know specialty term or how to do the IRR on the model and what the heck am I doing in this space mm-hmm. but um I think it didn't take too long to figure out that perhaps some of that magical moon dust finance analyst stuff might not have been where the real value was. Mm. And so if I could just understand it, I didn't have to do it all. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a fine line between winging it in a good way and winging it in a bad way. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Totally. That I do think you've touched on a very core uh, challenge for a lot of women, though, mm-hmm. that we aren't naturally as full of swagger and confidence. And I love it that you called me bold because I never was <laughs> earlier on in my career. I've 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 earned it. Mm-hmm. I've earned it. You worked and for it. Yeah. Worked for it and it doesn't come naturally to, it didn't come naturally to me mm-hmm. and it doesn't come naturally to a lot of women. So I think that we're more guilty of that versus guys don't care. Mm-hmm. Nope. We're like, I don't know that doesn't yeah. matter. I'm still cool. I'm still the best in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, or or if they, they do have their insecurities, but they bury them a yeah, lot the, deeper. Yes. Yeah. And then don't
2: go to therapy for it. Um, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I asked that selfishly because I mean, we talk about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. all the time. And how we deal with that and and just feeling the anxiety of that sometimes when you're getting ready to go do something that may be pushing you outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so it's always interesting for me to especially, I mean, we talk to all kinds of different people all the time, but it's really important for me to ask other women that, Mm -hmm. especially women that. rock stars like you and how
4: do you also suffer from this Mm -hmm. Uh, and just you know camaraderie yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, no i'm 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 with you guys on that and i think it's amazing what you've done at this point in your careers i mean obviously you're a whole lot younger than some of us and that you're talking to senior people and you're doing you know stuff and that's kind of like right in the middle of what's happening in the industry I mean, my hands are
0: sweating, but I'm like...
4: (laughs) But you're here. She's got to put her pants on just like I do. One leg at a time, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah
2: she, yeah, she walks yeah, me through right. that conversation yeah. out loud whenever <laughs> we're, they put on their pants too. They put on their pants too, yeah.
4: So, and at least we're allowed to wear pants now. And yeah. at least we are. Lord, yes. yes. When I started, you had to wear dresses mm-hmm. and they had to have those little floppy bow things. Oh, oh boy, wow. That. And yeah. pearls oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah.
0: and all that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. boy. Well, this does lead me into um, oh. my next question. <laughs> all right. If you don't mind. Go for mm-hmm. it. Um, so we're going to go back to the whole if women ran finance, the water <laughs> sector would be so much better. I want to talk about that for a second. Um, you asked the panel, what can women bring to the table mm. that can change uh, the sector to move forward faster? So I want to know what you think, because they gave some great answers. They did. I want what you think
4: what 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 I think. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind because it's a long and involved oh, topic, yeah. but the first thing that comes to mind is something that Usha Raumanari said, which is that it's about win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of I felt like it came up in our discussion today, and it comes up a lot. There's uh, there's this uh, adversarial kind of. Um, Approach to finance, you know, that's a zero sum game. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. Somebody's going to get money and somebody's not going to get money. The private sector is going to take this over or the public sector is going to keep it. And there's all this there's all this negativity around winners and losers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And figuring out a way to have more winners. Mm -hmm. Is hard. Mm -hmm. But I think that is how women think. Yep and that that is something that we can bring, that you're you are helping rate payers, you're helping yeah. the manager, you're helping the community, you know, wh- whatever the project is that you're working on, whether mm-hmm. it's bringing finance into a project or whether you're buying a company or whether you're trying mm-hmm. to grow a technology firm. Speaking of core values, as you mentioned oh, at yeah. the beginning, uh, together we win is one of our values at XPV and win-win I think is critical. Yeah. And I have to say that there are, you know my partners at XPV are guys that have that value. Yeah. So it's not just us, mm-hmm. but I think we're particularly good at the collaborative piece of that yeah, totally. and the communication piece and the one thing I really pride myself on is that I can say, and as an analyst, I could say negative things about a company I was following. I could put a sell rating on the company, and that CEO will still like me. yeah. yeah. I consider that to be a core strength of mine. Mm-hmm. And frankly, not so many guys have that. Yeah. And I think that that's what it takes. That's, mm-hmm. that's, why, that's why I think that if women were running finance and water, we'd have more winners. Yeah. You know, we'd yeah. have more stuff happening. I really totally. do believe that. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen on a
0: very small scale, um, the the male finance guy. Um, I will not name any names. <laughs> he takes money out of, er, he cuts budgets, mm. and there's he he cut two women's budgets. He gave a third woman more money, all different departments, but they all do similar jobs, and in the, it was bad.
5: Yeah. I mean, it was
0: sad. Bad. It was, you know, you're just. There was no collaboration because there were hurt feelings, and w- my job just got cut. She just got more, and so it was just this whole. How it's handled. Mm-hmm. how
4: it's yeah. handled it like it hits us against one it, it another It did. It well did that's an also another I mean we're having a therapy session here now we are I that, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that I that is that is one of the things that I saw early in my career um the few women managers that there were around were they ended up being hard and mean and difficult because mm-hmm. that's how the only way they felt that they could survive yep. mm-hmm. And so then women get this reputation for, you know, catfighting and being, you know, mean. And uh, it's not who we are. And I think that's, you know, that's, you know, bringing the strength of, you know, you don't have to kill people to win. Yeah,
0: I love Kathy's allies. You know, Mm -hmm. at least, like, let's make allies
4: first and then we'll work on mentors. mentors. People that don't stab you in the back. Yes. Yes. I wrote that down. I know. (laughs) Yes.
2: So... Along kind of that same idea, then why, in your opinion, is it so important for us to have events like this where we do get to come together as this women community in water
4: therapy? (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. I actually sat at lunch with a couple of women and said, "Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to have these conferences?" Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we were at the place where we're we're always going to want to talk about mentorship, always going to want to talk about innovation? We're always going to want to talk about finance and mm-hmm. reuse and the other topics here. But wouldn't it be nice if we didn't feel the need to have a Women in Water really conference, specific. you mm-hmm. know, to, to highlight women or to explain, you know, <laughs> what women here. bring to the table mm-hmm. or, exactly. you know, the or or to get Dave Gaddis to stand up and say, well, I've only got 20% and I pledge to do better. Well, that's an accomplishment, but isn't it a shame in yeah. 2020 20, 20. that... Yeah. That's where we still. That's why we're doing this mm-hmm. because we have to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Bar Littlefield who said it on my panel, which was that uh, she came to water in 1996, thinking that all the stuff that had happened in the energy business would transform water. Sure. And now here we are, you know, <laughs> 20 some years yeah. later. It takes a long time, and we needed to move faster. Yeah, you know, we do. Uh, well, I can say that I've definitely enjoyed sitting
2: in a water summit full of where women are the majority. Isn't that yeah, great? That was a
0: great thing to point out. With yeah, all the minority men in the mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. I was like, how does it feel? How, how does, does, does it feel? feel? That was great. They, they, go,
4: they were feeling a little bit. Uh, um, they're feeling. That's good. The feeling a is bit what like, they remember. We're so. Like we're not bad, are we? No.
0: Not
4: <laughs> <laughs> Bad. But I think it's good Just to... Just oblivious.
2: Go yeah. pick to yeah. other
0: male yeah. friends and tell them your feelings. <laughs> and let's, you know...
2: But until you put yourself in that mm-hmm. situation, I don't know if you were at WEFTEC this year, mm-hmm. uh, but when Tom Koonins gave his talk at the opening general I session, mm-hmm. and he talked about how... Until you can never really understand diversity and inclusion until you purposefully put yourself in a position where you are the minority. Because otherwise, if you've never experienced mm-hmm. what that feels like, then how can you really come to the? How can you really come armed with the right feeling to come to the table with, about mm-hmm. that conversation? And so he talked about his experience of when he did that. And it's just, it changes you. And so I think guys out there, if when there are things like this that you have the opportunity to come from and learn from and hear different perspectives, you need to come, come and on. feel what it feels like to be us at every other mm-hmm. conference. Come on. And uh, I think it's great, because you'll learn a ton, and you'll learn from a new perspective, and there are so many amazing women in the sector. So put yourselves out there, men.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and do it now. Put your yes. big boy pants on.
2: <laughs> but, um... I want to be mindful of your time because I know that mm. they've got the schedule packed and there's so much great stuff out there to go, to go listen to. So definitely thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Yes, I appreciate it. So thank
4: you for having me. Yeah. I'm
2: excited. Wow. Uh, what a day. We are so excited to be wrapping up speaking with Wendy Stevens, who is a practice leader in quality and risk management at Mazar's USA. So, Wendy, thank you so much for taking some time out. We're taking away from our networking time at the reception. So we uh, we appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we just saw you do a wonderful panel on diversity and inclusion, which is a topic that I think we're all equally passionate about oh, yeah. um, but I know Ariane, you had a you had a question you wanted to kick off with yeah I want
0: to kick off by saying first of all thank you mm. and thank you to Mazars for putting this whole thing together oh yeah um, this this day has been amazing so yes. kudos to you guys gals <laughs> so uh, we know long. you founded and served as um, chair of women at Mazars USA um, which I'll give a little brief that I found from your, um, your bios is it's a long-term effort supporting the full potential of women leaders at Mazar's through education awareness and improving visibility of and access to role models. Whoa. Yeah. Can you please tell us more about this, uh, this effort? What led you to be so passionate about diversity in the water sector? I can tell this is a project that you (laughs) need to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
6: So in Somewhere around 2013, 2014, we had a partner's retreat, and that was, the, it became popular at that time where you take pictures and you post them, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I posted it on Facebook, hashtag, you know, partner summit, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and I was shocked that many of my female friends responded, Where are the women? Mm. where are the women? Where are the women? And I'm like, well, they're in the front row. But you know, really, where were the women? There were not very many. of Yeah. So I committed to the then managing partner, I said, I'm going to take care of this. Mm -hmm. Now, words are easy. Mm -hmm. And I and I for like a year and a half, I walked around saying we have to do something, I have to take care of this. Um, And we had, so I started with the firm in 2005. And when I got there, there was nothing. There were women that worked at the firm, they had no career path, they were working on flexible schedules, it was kind of like they went out and had kids and mm-hmm. you know nobody cared what they did as long as they pressed the pencil when they came back. Yeah. We paid them by the hour. Oi. <laughs> um, and they didn't even know each other. So we hmm. did in 2007, 2008, I created a women's network, but that was really for them to get to know each other so that they could cross sell within the firm Um, and then begin to take it outside. It died on the vine because the then women partners, there were about 12 of us who started it, thought we could pass it along. Mm. And that's where we learned our lesson. This has to be run by partners, started by partners, promoted by partners, and Mm. allowed for by partners. Mm. So the second time, back to 2013, 2014, um, I needed the executive board's support. Otherwise, there would be no way that I was going to take on this impossible task. So... I did. I got the buy-in from the next CEO. And conveniently, we are also part of a global Mazar's network. And everybody was kind of in the same place. You know, we need to do something. We need to We need to do it now. Because mm-hmm. I also sit on our global women's diversity council. So for six months, you know, I interviewed my partners. I talked about that earlier um, to, to start to formulate what the programming, what we might do. And then after three months, I was like, I'm deer in headlights. I have no idea. We need to hire an expert. Mm. So... To consult with us and help us set up the framework, and that's really where we are today. She came in, she did a benchline assessment, got a lot of resistance from the men. The executive board was all men at the time. I want to say, um, we don't have those problems. Oh, we're very inclusive, you know. We, you know, but to, the survey says so. Survey we, says so yeah. <laughs> we we had to you know, and we had to navigate through that. We had to get HR to buy in. It was, it was really a challenge. It took. Three months from that survey, and we started to socialize. I mean, she taught us everything to do. She set up the phases. Mm. She told us how you have to socialize it. She told us the meetings that you have to have. So nobody's caught by surprise. Uh, you know, so we told the partners. It got mixed. Um, and then we had a couple of meetings in June of that year. One of the meetings the consultant told me I had to have was with all my female partners. Those same female partners that talked about their sponsors a year before, mm-hmm. okay, those same female partners, now we're gonna have a strategy, it's a business strategy, it's not an initiative, it is a strategy, mm-hmm. it's important for business, because that's how we need to get the men to buy in. Yeah. So, that was the worst meeting I ever didn't plan for, because what I, <laughs> what I did learn from that is you do have to know your audience, mm. you do have to listen to your consultant, because mm-hmm. I thought going into that meeting, this is a no-brainer. We need talent. We need women. We need to retain them. We need to include them. We need to have them move forward. We, as women, need to support them and be yeah. role models. Yeah. They looked at me like I had five heads. <laughs> well, nobody did this for me. Oh, wow. Nobody did uh, it yeah. for me. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and I said, this really isn't about you. We're all partners. We're all in this together. And our goal is to build a sustainable business. Now, I also had the luxury of really good sponsorship, whether it was my father or other partners along the way who basically said, you're all about what you leave behind.
0: Mm-hmm. You
6: know, you, you find this place, but you have to leave a, a better place when it's time for you to go. So, and we didn't really have that consistent culture at yeah. the time. So fast forward, we, we started a sponsorship program. We started a Be Visible program. I mean, mm-hmm. many, you can see these videos on our website. They are fantastic. What I learned is you need, a, we have a steering committee. It includes marketing. It includes, uh, we included IT because there was a woman in IT um, and we also included the CFO at the time because she was also a woman. Um, And clearly talent management, because that's really important. And we had a lot of challenges and you know, but what I think was really important with what this consultant helped me do is I'm typically pretty impatient, I want to see results. And she basically said, calm down.
7: You know, <laughs> y- you need
6: to take this one step at a time. And trust me, in five years, you will see huge impact. Yeah. Wow. You're not going to see impact mm. every day. Um, you're going to see it you're over. not going to see it tomorrow. Yeah. No. And, and we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I and I already had the insight that mm-hmm. I'm not looking to convert 100% of the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I convert 50% and they bear hug the rest of the 50%, or they don't, as long as I get a majority to buy mm-hmm. in... Mostly men, because yeah, that's sure. what we had was mm. mostly men. Then we would be successful. Mm. So when you we do have our, our statistics for last year are in there, but we're mm-hmm. continuing on the same trends. Yeah, it's yeah. a
0: wonderful report, and we'll. Um, I saw it on the app, so maybe we can get it on the website.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as daunting as that sounds, I, I love that you began the panel today by saying that you're going to hear a lot of people talking about what has worked for them. And you may be overwhelmed by hearing that, but just to not not be overwhelmed and remember that there's no time like now to start. Mm-hmm. So while these are difficult difficult conversations and it may seem daunting just to keep that in mind and just start from where you're at. I think that was a really, that's a great way to start because, yeah, yeah, you do hear that and you get overwhelmed. So
0: And it's beautifully designed, too, by the way. <laughs> She's fabulous. Let me just you, say, you I her. heard that it was a 10-page white paper. And it's turned into a very digestible, graphic, beautiful document that yeah. even Ariane's goldfish-style <laughs> learning. Um,
6: She's a read. genius. Mm-hmm. She does that kind of stuff right. all the time. I was a little resistant to the centerfold, but I let it go. Yeah, you made it. Because Jennifer said it's a beautiful picture. It's beautiful. Just leave it mm-hmm. go. Yeah, yeah, leave it go. Yeah, done <laughs> and better well, than perfect. but you you learn also through this journey and the training that we had. Women and men, how they think mm-hmm. is different. It's not just men are from Mars and women are from Venus. That's not. Mm-hmm. That's a little cliché. Yeah. there are women generally are not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, or or you know mm-hmm. when the who, one of the guys I call my sponsor when he said, "Okay, so you're going to take over the quality risk management team. I'm announcing it in a month. Mm-hmm. Are, are you ready?" Mm-hmm. And I sat there. You can't even imagine what was going through my head. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. And out of my mouth, it was absolutely. Only yep. Because my father was sitting here on my shoulder, yep. even though he say really yes. wasn't saying, yeah. "Say yes, say yes, yeah. say yes." Do it. Yeah. So, but, but there are what, what you learn. Also, it's not only about men and women. It's about different personalities. Oh, and yeah, that, for sure. That has Let's been. Talk more about that. That's mm-hmm. been in our twenty twenty list. Mm-hmm. Well, personalities. So we did a lot of different slices of this, but we, the leadership team all took the personality Myers break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's a benchmark.
0: Yeah.
6: It's really interesting. It and is. And, oh, yeah. and well, but it's also taught me how as uh, to as communicate to this. Susan people? said in the meeting also, well, she said she didn't speak because she's an introvert. introvert. Mm-hmm. I stopped speaking to let the introverts yeah. speak. Yeah, exactly. Because what you learn in that meeting dynamic is that, you know, I have tons of ideas. I'm just going to talk and, you know, so I, I do run more meetings differently now, and I do get more out of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's great.
2: great. Um, there's been this overarching theme, I think, today of this idea of being more purposeful and mindful about women championing other women. And so just looking at your own career path and where you began to where you are now, were there, um, I mean, I'm sure there were, women along the way who really... Uh, kind of stepped in or leaned in when and gave you that encouragement or gave you push to to do some of those things when you weren't ready. So no not
6: really. I ah. was
0: I'm not surprised by that. Okay no. because We've had of, that conversation before too.
6: Before because of um I worked in all large global yeah. firms, you know, from a personality perspective uh, and not dissimilar to some of the things Carla said, you know, if somebody said to me don't don't get too warm in that chair and don't think you're going anywhere that would be like
2: Ooh, Ooh, boy. you watch yeah me. yeah
6: you know so but there were no women role models and mm. my fear is is that we still don't have women role models not enough. for mm-hmm. the for the next generation mm-hmm. but we're working on it yep. and we know to do the reach out the other thing that i learned very deliberately is it takes a village
2: yeah and believe mm. it or not
6: it Learn this from my kids. Because mm-hmm. my kids were very lucky to have very good sponsors and very good mentors. And my younger one, when he went off to college, he said, Mom, what I miss is that community. Mm-hmm. You know, you dumped me at college as a freshman. Okay, kid, you wanted to go. But I don't have that. So, but transferring that and learning it at the same time with women at Missouri's is it takes a village. Mm-hmm. So even if I go out of my way to sponsor and push a woman... I had to go talk to the person who ran the office and the person who ran her group. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, there were a whole collection of people that we brought into a room mm-hmm. and said, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Mm-hmm. And it was the hardest thing this woman ever did. She's now a partner. Like, there were, there were two of them that made partner nice. in September of 18. My work, I, I didn't want to leave the room saying my work is done, but it was, <laughs> it was a three-year haul to get to that moment. Wow. These were nice. less than full-time women who had been written off as they only want to work part-time, they're not going to contribute, we're never going to make them partners. Wow. wow. So that's as
2: were some great. people in that room, in the conversation that you were just talking about said, why are we doing this as a, what this wasn't done for me, I feel like you're on the complete other end of that saying, no, we have to do this because no yeah. one did it for me. 100%. And so uh, that's, yeah, that's we've awesome. Yeah, we talked
0: about just like how, you know, in the beginning when we first left our jobs and, and went on as entrepreneurs, um you know, we didn't realize it till later on that, you know, the people who pushed us along our way have been predominantly men Mm -hmm. and very open to let's talk about this. Let's walk through these different scenarios, these different, you know, situations you're in or you need to be in and you need to get out there. Um, And so ever since we kind of had that light bulb moment of, where are all of our women? They're out there Mm -hmm. and we've, but we we didn't acknowledge them as our mentor or as this or that, and so we try to be more purposeful in in raising and lifting up the women that we come across all yeah, the time. For sure. So as much as we're the hype women of water, we're the hype women of water, the women in water. Yeah. You know. In addition so, to that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think events like these definitely remind us the importance yes. of women championing women. So roles in that. Uh, what? What are some other reasons why you feel events like this that kind of not even make us the focus, but just, like, bring us together?
6: So, unsolicited, several women in the room came up to me throughout the day and said, this is great, I love these events. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different type of environment than just a straight utilities conference or a straight water conference, because it creates a safe place to have these discussions. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I will tell you that I'm more... Honest, open, authentic, deliberately—it's not mm-hmm. that I wasn't—and—and um, and the vulnerability piece, all of that is part of how we operate today to make a better place as leaders. So, this having this here—I mean, there are still some people in the room that would tell you that their organizations are completely male-dominated. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. And, and it, and I'm gonna say that's a thinking issue, not a gender issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and and ultimately it's gonna be a sustainability issue, unless the clients or the people that are being served don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. that is another conversation I had at lunch about, and somebody else said it. You know, so we design our teams to serve our clients. So yeah. if our clients yeah. didn't start to push for more diversity, would wow. we yeah. would we have done that? We apps, you know, it just. We were a little opportunistic because the time was right. We yeah. had to. We were part of a global organization. RFPs were coming in. They wanted our stats. So yeah. our, the next step for us is to leverage off of the lessons learned from the women's strategy to the full diverse, diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And we're kind of in the beginning of that. I mean, yeah. if I ask three people what it means, I get three different answers. Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Uh, well, we definitely don't want to keep you from networking with you.
0: I do too. Oh, okay. I you were about well, then ask you your question. Um, yeah, because this one was weighing on my mind. So um, you had talked about, you know, at this conference, um, one of the things that you got out of it was paying it forward, and specifically referencing the sponsorship idea. Um, so a lot of people they see sponsorship, mentorship, maybe it's the same thing. Can you, you know? talk to us about what a sponsorship is what's the difference between that and mentorship you mentioned this you know it's natural for men to be sponsored how do we get more women sponsored
6: go <laughs> okay so there's a huge difference and somebody did say it on stage there's a huge difference between sponsorship mentorship and coaching I think coaching and mentorship might be closer um, but mentoring generally takes place within an organization or within a close Age groups. So, mm-hmm. for example, you might be mentored by a person just a level above you, or you, or you might, and you might level, you know, mentor somebody a level below you, and pretty much that's how it was set up in a lot of big organizations. A sponsor is generally somebody who's several levels above, mm-hmm. who has political capital mm-hmm. that they can put out, um, and throw their weight around a little, okay. I mean, for lack of a better term. But where I can say, you know what, Stephanie you're ready for this. Why aren't you getting this opportunity? And your answer to me is, well, um, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so said I'm not ready. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, let's go talk to those people. You come with me. Okay. And the first time I took the protege with me into the meeting, she was like, I can't be here. I said, well, if you're not going to advocate for you, who is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really the huge difference. Okay. You know, that, that the sponsor is not necessarily close enough to you for the details of your next career move. Yeah but does know enough about that it's important from the village mm-hmm. that it's time for you to get visibility and other opportunities and can make that happen. Because sometimes if a sponsor's only just a level above you, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter how open an environment you have, they sometimes just can't get it done. So we, we, we partnered all the proteges with influential partners oh, nice. as much as we could.
0: Okay, so I, you know, we have an amazing mentor. Shout out Greg Wukash, um, that we love. And, um, but when you describe sponsorship as that, I just in my head named, you know, the people who I guess I would give them the title of sponsorship or sponsors, uh, who helped me be at the table. And, and you can have and more have than one because I will tell mm-hmm.
6: you, my dad was my number one mm. first sponsor, and I will say, That's and awesome. I credit him a lot with who I became. Because he started off with, you know, of course you can be all that you can be. And I graduated from college in 1982. And I really believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Until, there, you know, there were, there were life choices. So mm-hmm. I worked. I have two kids. They're 23 and 27. They're awesome. And they would tell you that their mother's awesome. So that's even more <laughs> that awesome. That's even awesome. more awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. But um, he, so when I was, when I, when I was the first born. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father probably wanted a boy that's pretty common but he didn't let it stop him from buying lionel trains and race cars for there his child as soon as she could walk or play or do anything and ah. i still have a love for that kind of stuff i never sure. i never although i'm clearly a girl and i like girl things <laughs> i never really liked the girl toys because of that yeah that's that's well that's awesome
2: um so he also taught
6: me about sports professional sports there you go
2: hey that you can you're a big fan at the networking uh events then because you can talk shop with uh with everyone um again so yeah so i wanted to make sure that we don't steal you away from yes. your peeps but i wanted to end by asking you if you could be like your dad and be on everyone who was in their shoulder when they go home what's the biggest takeaway what do you want them to do that what's your call to action to them
6: Oh, I have so many. So <laughs> so the the call to action is to be deliberate, recognize you can do it all, you can't do it all at once mm-hmm. because that's what stops people and frustrates them. Create sure. realistic goals for yourself and your organization and stick to them. Yeah. You know, you have that vision I will tell you once a year because I'm in this phase now is, is I call it the dart dartboard effect. What do I want to do next? You yeah. know, make yeah. sure you have continuous learning. Oh yeah. That's the other, you know, you really have to learn something every day, if not every day, mm-hmm. you know, year over year, you better, you know, you better have learned a new skill um, or improved on some weakness. And that, you know, I, I give the same advice for like, don't overwhelm yourself with goals either. Sure. You know, oh, yeah. you, you get feedback and you goal. have 32 weaknesses and, you know, you're not going to address them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. So wow. that would be not my one word, but my long story. Yeah,
2: hey, I didn't need one word. Just yeah, just do that. Deliberate. So, so yeah. Wendy, we thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank this you. It's been ladies. an honor. Yeah. Thanks for uh, you and the whole team for putting on such a such a great event. We great had a great event. time. And, I'm just uh, glad we you're appreciate here. It. Oh. Yeah. So thank you again. We're out having fun now at the networking reception that we just wrapped up, the Women of Water event. So we're with Kendra Morris from Suez. What was your biggest takeaway from today's summit together? I think that it is women want to see other women succeed. Yeah. And men want to see other women succeed. And I think as we collectively... Uh, rise up, we help each other rise up, the industry's only going to get better. Everyone here is happy to network, to meet somebody new, um, very welcoming and engaging um, and it's just a pleasure to be here. And if you could go home with everybody today and be the little angel on their shoulder when they go to their office on Monday, what would be the one thing, their one call to action you would give them after hearing everything they did today? Uh, Take a minute, think about what you want out of your career, uh, what do you, where do you wanna be and just make it happen. It doesn't matter if someone looks like you and has that role or someone doesn't look like you and has that role, just figure out what you need to do, find a mentor, find a sponsor, and make it happen. Awesome, thank you. Awesome.
0: We're here with Bill Simpson.
2: Pretty
8: much DJ just the way it's spelled.
0: And um, Bill, I wanna know, what's, what, what did you get from this event? What's your biggest takeaway your biggest as a man? Listening to all this.
8: My biggest takeaway is that there are some badass women in the water world. (laughs) And that they're growing and becoming more numerous and taking on more responsibility. And over the world. I really do believe the future of the water industry is with the women.
0: We're in the room right now with the future. I love it.
8: Yeah, Hello. there's some incredible gals. I was talking to that gal, Jean, who oh, was yeah. up there speaking about um, uh, her mentorship and all that, and she was, like, like speaking truth. And yeah. I thought she was, like, obviously somebody who was like, oh, yeah, I could see you running a billion-dollar enterprise. Yes, totally. And sh- Jean totally Hannah Gilbert. She could Jensen, totally, pull, yep. she could love totally pull that off. Um, and then there was, like, Kathy Bailey, who was, like, up there speaking truth to power, and no bullshit and she's just like a completely real person Totally, and she's like yeah um so there were some people that were really worth listening to awesome and so i enjoyed all that
2: well thank you yeah i was gonna say so we ask we're asking people what their biggest call to action is to tell people who came so i want to get it from a man's perspective though what's your call to action to all the men out there having heard some of the things that you heard in the room today
8: That when you're looking at resumes, you really uh, need to make sure that you look beyond just the school and the GPA and you start looking into the personality Mm. and the passion. And I think if you do that, you'll find that there's some women that float right up to the top of the stack.
2: Ah, there you go, those floaters. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Alright, so we are here with Wendy Wilkes, who is with ASWA, the Association of State Drinking Water Administrators, and Wendy, what was your biggest takeaway from today? You took copious notes, just like we did, we were table buddies, so
1: yeah, hit us with it. Do I have to choose just one? No, never. Biggest one. Innovation. We were just talking about this, I was just talking about this with Omar. Uh, in innovation, one of the biggest challenges is procurement, and yes. uh, it was brought up. But I, I, felt like everybody's eyes just glazed over. <laughs> You're like procurement law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to hear about that? <laughs> but this is a really big issue because the way our current procurement practices are set up in local and state governments and the federal government, you know, they're there to protect public funds which is a really worthy cause, but it ends up hamstringing you with innovative technologies. And so I think we really need to look at how we can push the envelope on procurement practices and policies. And it might take some city ordinance changes, it might take some state and federal law changes, but I think that's time uh, worth investing if we're talking about really furthering innovation uptake. And for some reason, I feel like nobody's really talking about this. Yeah. So we we could do a whole thing on that, but I'll stop there on that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. The other big takeaways, um, <laughs> Carla Reed. Oh my God, what a yeah. woman! Yeah, what a way to start. I yep. mean, just her whole thing—the CPR, the confidence, persistence, resilience—that Resilience. <laughs> was great. Her dancing was inspirational. Um, yeah. I mean, come on, can't compete with that. I loved the asking yourself, "How do I become more confident than the day before?" Finding your weak spots and you know being prepared with that. Um, and then I would say the other one on the mentorship panel that I re- m- really liked was that mentors can help teach you the unwritten rules of the road, which really alarms me for people who don't have mentors because yeah. they're not as prepared as they really could be or should be. And so I think that's something to really push when we talk about mentorship culture. Nice.
2: Well, I'm going to ask you uh, one more question and then I'm going to throw it to you, too, because you're Omar's Omar's man, obviously. So I want to get his perspective, too. So. If you could sit on everyone's shoulder today when they go back to the office on Monday and give them one call to action after what they heard all day today, what would what would that be? What's the one thing you want them to walk away with and do, do, action?
1: That is really funny. I actually wrote in the feedback for this that next time we need to have more of a call to action and how do we take back these lessons and actually apply them? Because I felt that that was a little bit missing today. Yeah, um, I would say playing the long game. You know, mm. think about little things you can do now to further your vision. Yeah. So have a vision, number one. Yeah. And to play the long game. None of these changes happen overnight. Um, it's going to take persistent, eh, Carla Reed effort um, <laughs> to make this stuff happen. It's it's transformational, but it, it takes effort. Awesome.
2: Okay, so now I'm nice. gonna we're gonna pass the mic to Omar Hamoon, who is with APG Neuros. Did I get all that right? No, you all did right. So, as a, as your call to action, because you were also a panelist, uh, but for what's your biggest call to action that you want people to walk away from this event so and do?
7: The biggest call to action is to look at the strategic national strategic implications of how we make decisions. We, with the way as uh, Wendy described, with the way procurement is going, combined with the. Um, with the role the consulting engineers play, mm-hmm. it is driving our technologies overseas. And okay. we have to import it. So when, when we don't keep the technology in, in, at our home, we end up selling our companies to overseas companies. They're stronger than us because they don't have the procurement laws. They can buy what they want. They can buy technologies. They can buy, they can recognize technologies and take advantage of them. So the companies overseas get stronger, in Korea, in China, in the European Union. And then they come here, and we're weak. We we get weakened, so they end up buying us. Mm. And that drives the technology away and the jobs away from the U.S. And the money, the profits go overseas. Uh, So we become a fifth or sixth or seventh economy. Okay. And that need, must change. Yeah. And uh, all the think tank that we do here avoids the sensitive issue. Mm-hmm. and It's the money. Yeah. But when you look at how the state think they're protecting the taxpayers, they're protecting them to save $1, but they spend $10 to save $1. Yeah.
2: They
7: add so much bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. They don't allow the municipality to get the best for them. They can save a lot of money, but they don't let them do it, and it looks like they're oblivious and insensitive Mm. to what goes around them, goes on every day, Mm -hmm. and that must change.
2: Okay, all right. I appreciate that perspective. Thank Thank you. So we are here with Jean Jensen from the town of Gilbert, Arizona. Shout out. Hello. Mm -hmm. Hello. and Jean was a part of a, uh, the mentorship panel, and she gave the she told this incredible story that gave us chills, and I was like tearing up. That I I want you to recreate and share
5: for us if you can. So go for it. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it was really awesome to be a part of this panel, and I was I was talking to my grandfather. He passed away last December at the age of 100, and he's a World War II veteran and we were having this really interesting conversation about how from a generation standpoint, his generation came of age in a time of war and my generation has come of age during the Gulf War and the efforts in Afghanistan and how that is framing our need for just sort of protection and safety and that risk of being vulnerable and that our parents and our leaders around us have taught us that we need to change the world, but the folks around us, need to be ready to accept that that may be uncomfortable and to support us in those places. And so to recognize that in order to make that vulnerability something that we can all do, we have to in turn be vulnerable with one another. Mm -hmm. And so that door has to open on both sides. So that's probably the one thing I really thought was interesting that grandpa was sharing. Yeah. that, uh, That energy that we all carry around from that uncertainty can be channeled and used for really good things. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a great story. Oh,
0: um, one of my favorite things you said was, at the very minimum, when the boss says, uh, I have an open door policy, like that's like the very minimum thing right. you can do. Yeah. You got to help us through that door sometimes because <laughs> we're always like, oh, look, it's an
2: open door. But, some, you know, give us a little guidance, too. For sure. So you uh, you have the interesting vantage point of being both a participant and an attendee of today. Mm-hmm. So what was your kind of... Biggest takeaway from your experience
5: at the summit? Sure, I I thought this together was really well organized. It wasn't kind of from a, just a women's empowerment kind of situation because I think that could have come across extremely one note, but instead it was talking about how all the different sectors of our industry can benefit from diversity, can benefit from inclusion. And I think the big takeaway message is when you get home come Monday, you need to make sure that you are doing more than just opening your door and you're making space at the table, if someone has a great idea, you make sure that you highlight their idea more than just sort of speaking over them or allowing somebody else to speak over them in turn. So just yeah. making that door a little bit wider and maybe a little more welcoming.
2: Yeah, and that was a great segue to my to my last question for you about that call to action from Monday morning. If you could kind of be in the ear of, every, of everyone who was in the room today, What's your biggest call to action?
5: What do you want folks to do after being together today and hearing what we heard? I think the biggest thing we can do is look inside ourselves and say, when I get to work today, how am I going to make sure that the folks around me know that I'm someone that they can come to if I have a question and that I will be as honest with them and as truthful with them as they need me to be so that we can all kind of move forward. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you.
0: Oh, let me just say one thing. Um, For anyone who ever met you and follows you on Twitter, I must say you (laughs) single-handedly put Gilbert on the map across the nation because I have never heard of Gilbert, Arizona, but I love
5: Gilbert, Arizona.
0: I want to come visit. I told my husband, I said, You know, when we go to Arizona, we're going to Gilbert. I just need you to know this because (laughs)
5: that's awesome. We have about it.
0: It's
5: cool, man. Yeah, we're really lucky. We have an incredible digital government team, and they do some amazing work. And it's a lot of times behind the scenes, so they they teach us how to do that stuff. And well, they're lucky to have you (laughs) because you are their ambassador. One hundred. Thank you very much.
2: All right, so we are here with the woman, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Megan U. E. Schneider. of the most infectious laugh in the world. <laughs> yes, so you can hear it already. Seven Management and Consulting, Inc., and she, you know her. She was on the podcast, I think, a couple times, maybe. Maybe we need catalyst to get you in there. Speaking. Multiple multiple time catalyst speaker. You were in this incredible uh, panel all about mentorship. So you got to be an attendee and a presenter. But what was your biggest takeaway from your own panel? Because you had a pretty incredible one.
9: Thank you. I think that we had a recurring theme throughout the conference today, which was about being honest and being vulnerable Mm. and being open and I think we really stress that in order to have a successful mentor mentorship mentorship relationship whether it be a mentor or mentee or even to just be successful in life and in your career is to really establish that authenticity and really be able to have that Strong relationship with those who are influencing you in your personal life and in your professional life, and being open and vulnerable is so key to
1: that.
2: Yeah, and I think being open also to the idea of what a mentor looks like.
1: Absolutely. Like, there
2: we have the guys kind of like stereotypical yeah. idea of what a mentor is. So, can you kind of talk a little bit about yeah, that too? I'm
9: actually going to pull up, um, <laughs> I made a list. Oh, good. Nice. So, I'll send it to you guys. But I was kind of going through and thinking about all the mentoring myths that people have oh yeah for me it came it really struck me last year when I spoke at a conference and I talked about um, different kinds of mentorship and people were like I didn't realize I had a mentor yeah I didn't realize I was a mentor and because we I think create this kind of ideal of what a mentor should be Mm -hmm. and so I really wanted to emphasize to people that your mentor doesn't have to be smarter than you because there are different kinds of smart mm-hmm. and everyone is smart about different things and knows more about different things. And your mentor doesn't have to be older than you. And someone from the audience brought up that point again today, which I really appreciate that they did. Because yeah. It's really important to recognize that you can learn from someone younger than you, you can learn from someone the same age as you, and you can learn from someone older than you. Yep. Uh, your mentor doesn't have to be more successful than you. So it's important to learn from others' mistakes and others' hurdles. And sometimes it may be that... They haven't quite gotten there yet, but you're taking their lessons learned and accomplishing what you want to do. Um, your mentor doesn't have to have it all together because <laughs> I think it's really important to yeah, recognize that. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Well, and who has it all together? <clears throat> exactly. Let's be honest, right? Let's be real. And if someone thinks that they have it all together, there's probably a lot of blind spots that they're not looking oh, at. Oh, yeah. So I think it's really important to remember that everyone's a real human being. And uh, your mentor doesn't have to be just like you. In fact, it's good to have someone who's not like you because they can show you a different perspective or give you a different angle on things or just say, well, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. Because I love this cartoon of lemmings all jumping off a cliff. If we all agreed and we all saw things the same way, would we all jump off a cliff together? And exactly. Then um, another thing is that, you know, you don't have to connect with your mentor every week. There doesn't have to be this set system. big be- yeah, it, it should be really fluid and organic and just natural. So is it yeah. coffees? Is it phone calls? Is it face-to-face meetings over lunch? Whatever. it is, it happy hour? Or is Quick text? Yeah, or sometimes I've had great interactions with people on a hike. yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. To get outdoors, do something different. Um, one time I went to a, a, a botanical line drawing class with a mentor. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Uh, and then your mentor doesn't have to initiate the mentor mentee relationship so mm. you can ask someone to be your mentor or you can ask someone if you if they'd be open to you mentoring them it could be either way yeah and it's I kind of call it like making it your relationship official you know <laughs> anyone can ask anyone out that's yeah. true
0: <laughs> that is true and like with Greg we were like you know we call you our mentor and he was like Alright, I'll take the title now. But he was like, I wasn't gonna take this title until you you thought of yeah. me in that light, yeah. you know? So it was it was like just a friendship and then we were like, no no no, for us it's like more than that, it's you're our mentor. Yeah.
9: And he was like, Okay. And like, okay. and we talked about the lollipop moment. Yeah, and the I wanted TED to ask talk. you about yeah. that. Yeah. So, Drew Dudley talks about the lollipop moment on Ted. And he has a book as well. But he talks about how he didn't even realize he made a difference in this woman's life until she told him years later. And and then you kind of start realizing there are all sorts of people in our lives that have made an impact on us, but have we told them? And then has anyone told you? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important that we acknowledge when someone is a mentor to us because we might just go, well, it's so obvious, but they might be like, well, have you... A- I I don't know until yeah. you tell me, you yeah. know. And it's the same thing as telling someone you love them. Yeah, you, know? you have to. T- yeah, can't
2: just assume it. Yeah, I
9: can't assume it at all.
2: Well, you gave us the call to action to do that, and, and we did that. So we oh. gave Greg a shout out on on Twitter oh. just to say thank you, which that's awesome. We do on almost every other episode. Over acknowledger. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept it. And I it.
9: appreciate that you guys do that.
2: <laughs>
9: <laughs> and so just a few quick more like your mentor doesn't have to be geographically close to you nope um they don't have to be in the same field or industry as you they don't have to have training to be a formal mentor and you don't have to find them through a formal mentoring program and last but not least they don't have to have your dream job
2: ah love it well i just said you gave us a call to action and we did it so if if everybody could have a little megan u schneider on their shoulders monday morning (laughs) (laughs) Ariane just said the world would be so amazing if if we could do that uh what would be the call to action
9: that you would give everyone in that room to to put into action on monday well i think it's really important to start your week and your day by setting your intention and i think Mm. we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. and so if you don't visualize it like um Carla talked about her vision board. Yep. If you don't visualize it, it won't happen. Yep. So it's really important to consistently reflect and think about what do you want. And that's actually one of the tips I give to mentees is what do you want out of your mentoring relationship? Because if you don't know what you want out of it, you don't have to know where you want to go with it. But yeah. what? Where, how do you want to grow? Yeah. What do you want to learn from it? What do you want that relationship to look like? If you can't visualize it, it won't happen. And so just start off your Monday just spending some moments to meditate and reflect on what what does your week look like what does your day look like and how are you going to interact meaningfully with your mentor that week and act on it and act
2: on
0: it all right well that was that was heard uh just megan you schneider always looking on fleek by the way always <laughs> always so,
2: always. so thank you. yeah Love you guys the the woman the myth the legend right here thank you <laughs> We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter found at theh2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends family colleagues fellow water nerds help us spread the word we hope you learned something new today got a little inspired or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal until next time remember what one of our favorite quotes says those who tell the stories rule the world